0: Coming up on this episode of The Doctor's Pharmacy.
1: There is a gluten sensitivity spectrum out there mm-hmm. and many of us fall somewhere on the spectrum. Most of the folks that come to see us, I think fall on the end of the spectrum where, you know, it may not be celiac. We can't really determine that based off the tests we've done, but they have to pretty much treat themselves as if.
0: Hey everyone, it's Dr. Hyman. Supplements are one of those things that I'm always being asked about. Is it worth spending the money? Do we need them if we eat really well? Can your body even absorb them? The answer to most of those questions is it depends. Now, there are definitely certain supplements I never recommend taking because they are not made in a way that your body can take advantage of and you just pee them out. And there's definitely some supplements we can benefit from because our food supply, even if we're eating whole organic foods, just doesn't provide enough of certain nutrients that we need for optimal health. Now, a major one of those nutrients that I suggest is magnesium. Now, most soils have become depleted in magnesium so it's a tough mineral to get through diet alone in fact 80 percent of americans are actually insufficient or deficient in magnesium now since it's crucial for hundreds of reactions in the body and impacts everything from metabolism to sleep to neurologic health energy pain muscle function and lots more it's really important that we strive to get enough magnesium it also plays a role in our stress response and everyone I know could use a hand in better managing stress to promote better overall health. I like to call magnesium the relaxation mineral. Now, my favorite new magnesium is from a company called Bio Optimizers. Their magnesium breakthrough formula contains seven different forms of magnesium, all of which have different functions in the body. There is truly nothing like it on the market. I've noticed a real difference when I started taking it, and I've tried a lot of different magnesium products out there. I also love that their products are all soy-free, gluten-free, lactose-free, non-GMO, free free of chemicals, fillers, and made with all natural ingredients. Plus, they give back to their community. For every 10 bottles sold, they donate one to someone in need. Right now, BioOptimizers is offering their Black Friday and Cyber Monday deal to my listeners during the entire month of November. They're offering free shipping and up to 40% off on select products and are giving away free bottles on their amazing enzyme, probiotic P30M, as well as their H C L breakthrough supplement. Just go to biooptimizers.com forward slash hymen. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash hymen and use the code hymen 10 to receive this amazing offer. I think you're going to love it as much as I do. Right now, more than ever, we need a strong immune system. And that is why I'm offering my eight-part sleep masterclass free to my entire community. If you wanna get access to my free course and reclaim your sleep, go to drhyman.com forward slash sleep and sign up today free. That's drhyman.com forward slash sleep. Welcome to The Doctor's Pharmacy. I'm Dr. Mark Hyman, and that's pharmacy with F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. And this today is a special episode of The Doctor's Pharmacy called House Call, with none other than my nutrition director at the Ultra Wellness Center, Maggie Ward. Now, this is a place for conversations that matter. And if you are confused about gluten, if you've heard that you should be gluten-free, if you don't even know what gluten is or why you should care about it, then this conversation is going to matter to you because it's going to go deep into... What is gluten? Why is it a problem? How does it affect us? And how do we deal with it? So welcome, Maggie.
1: Thank you. Now Maggie Happy to be here.
0: Maggie is awesome. She's been my nutrition director for 12 years. She went to Bestier University, got a master's in nutrition, and she's been the anchor of our whole nutrition team for well over a decade and has helped so many patients get better using food as medicine. And as I've said before, this is probably the only practice in the country, other than now Cleveland Clinic, because I also started that one, where you cannot see the doctor unless you also agree to see the nutritionist. Because if food is medicine, how can I practice medicine without a nutritionist? So you are it, you're the bomb, Maggie. Thank you for joining us.
1: (laughs) I'm happy to be here, thanks for having me.
0: Okay, so let's talk about gluten. First of all, what is gluten? Why should we care about it? And let's talk about why it's such a problem.
1: Right, it's not just a fad. Uh, So gluten is the, the most predominant protein that's in some grains, wheat being the most common one. So wheat, rye, barley, Although wheats also encompasses things like spelt and kamut and... and um, farro and triticale. Couscous, yeah. And, okay. So there are other grains within that even family. Even oats is often... Have like- and even oats. And we'll talk a little bit more about oats because um, they can go either way. But, um, you know, it's mostly wheat that we eat in the form of bread, crackers, pasta, right? All the flour that comes in through our diet. We're getting gluten in, in many foods. And it's not necessarily a bad thing for everyone, but it is really the most common food sensitivity. And something we see in so many people that we work with here at the Ultra Wellness Center. So, I really wanted to kind of uh, dive through it a little bit more of uh, what is the big picture and, and who needs to be careful and, and how we do yeah, that. Yeah. So,
0: so, so, Maggie, is this like, how come gluten's all of a sudden a thing? Because, you know, when I went to medical school 30 years ago, it was like you had celiac disease, and right? Maybe a few people had it. It was like very small percent of the population, 1% of the population. But now you've got, you know, like maybe 20% or more are having gluten sensitivity and all these issues. Right. We have a 400% increase in celiac disease in the last 50 years. It's been proven by research. It's not just a right. fad. How, what's going on?
1: Right, well, I think it, when it started, right, it, it was the prevalence was thought to be a lot lower and we know it to be a lot more common. I think it's still a minority of the population. It's missed and underdiagnosed quite a bit because yes, in medical school, you learn about celiac disease. But I think the thinking is that for someone to have it, they would have, you know, diarrhea all day, every day. And, we know, that. and, yeah, and, and-, and we know that's not the case. I mean, I've had some people with no digestive issues and come back positive on a celiac panel. But for them, they had rheumatoid arthritis or, or another autoimmune condition going on. It just was presenting differently. So I think it, for that reason, doctors aren't always screening for it. Yeah. But so there's that issue of celiac. But then I always kind of describe it as a spectrum. There is a gluten sensitivity spectrum out there, mm-hmm. and many of us fall somewhere on the spectrum. Most of the folks that come to see us, I think, fall on the end of the spectrum where you know it may not be celiac. We can't really determine that based off the testing we've done, but they have to pretty much treat themselves as if. So that's, I think, where it's-, it's not that's, an on or off phenomenon, you right. have
0: it or you don't. Because traditional medicine, you go to the doctor, they go, well, if you have an abnormal biopsy of your intestine, you have celiac. Otherwise, you don't. So don't worry about it.
1: Right. Right. But so there's a whole nother area of gluten sensitivity. And for many people, it's making them really sick, even if it's not celiac. I also think there's something going on with the the quality of gluten. You know, I saw it years ago and I had so many folks telling me when they came back, like, oh, you know, I was eating pasta in Italy. I was eating bread in France and I it's I was fine. fine. And I come back here and I get so sick. Yeah. So that's part of this epidemic of what we're seeing of gluten sensitivity. Is it you no, know, they hybridized so it. Went back in the '50s and added more gluten. Many of our breads, they put more gluten in it. Gluten is what makes bread spongy. So you put it in there and you get these nice big loaves of bread and you know, more is better in this country. So I think that's a part of it. We spray it with glyphosate and various pesticides and, and there's a good chance people are reacting to that. And that
0: destroys the microbiome.
1: Exactly, so once flora. you muck up with the gut microbiome, you're gonna have a lot of digestive and other issues. So that I definitely think is, I can't tell you how many people tell me I eat it abroad and I'm fine. Not our celiac folks, but but yeah. many other folks that are really sensitive. So the spectrum is what is being missed, I think, in conventional medicine. And, you know, we, I don't always... want to underscore what you just said. There
0: there are some key reasons why we're seeing this increase. So one, it's the change in the kind of wheat we're eating, Mm -hmm. right? They've hybridized it. The dwarf wheat has way more gluten proteins and the way more inflammatory gluten proteins than heirloom wheat. Right. You spray with glyphosate, which... Not all wheat is full of glyphosate, but a lot of it is, mm-hmm. and that causes damage to your gut, which causes more leaky gut and more gluten reactivity. Yep. It also is uh, sprayed with, um, in the preservative when it's put in the bread, called calcium propionate, which is actually a toxin that causes problems with behavior and attention and focus. So it can cause a lot of brain issues for people. Right. So you, you, and and then on top of that, we've created a a background level of dysfunction in our gut over the last decades by our poor quality diet, starch sugar, low fiber, processed food, which damage our microbiome, makes it more like we have a leaky gut. We've taken antibiotics, we take acid blocking drugs, mm-hmm. we take steroids, we take hormones, all of which mess up our gut. We have increased rates of C-section, increased rates of of, uh, of, of bottle feeding, all these things make your gut more likely to become Right. Sets sensitive. you up to become more sensitive. So that's why we're seeing this sort of escalation of gluten sensitivity right. over the last 50 years. And it's real.
1: Right. And you know, not many of us are eating these like whole wheat berries. I mean, we're eating in the form of flour. So yeah. you, even if you get organic, you know, bread or whole grain bread, I mean, it's still refined carbohydrates yeah. and, and you're selectively feeding things in your gut. You probably don't want to be feeding too much and throwing off your blood sugar. So when people go gluten-free, I do think part of the yeah, reason well, they feel better, as long as they don't start eating a lot of gluten-free junk, is they're, they transition over to more whole carbohydrates, whole foods, yeah, and they feel a lot better for that yeah. reason, too. So yeah. for that reason, a you gluten-free know.
0: gluten-free junk food is still junk food. Cake it's and still, cookies, if it's gluten-free, it's still cake and cookies.
1: Right, exactly. Um, so, so I really wanted to bring attention to that because we see, I can't tell you how many symptoms I've seen get better you know, not across the board, but just I've had brain fog get better taking gluten out. I've had joint pain get better. Um, I've had skin get better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people joke around like, do you take everyone off of gluten? I'm like, if you saw how many people got better off of gluten, you take it, you know, well, take yeah. it out of I mean, their we, diet We see too. people
0: who come to see us who are ill, yeah, right? right. And so we have a select, we call it exactly. selection bias. But I would say, you know, when people walk in the door with any kind of chronic illness, for me, checking gluten antibodies and what we call a Cyrix-3 test, which we'll get into, which looks at way more proteins around gluten, is like checking their blood pressure. Yeah. Or their temperature. Right. It's a vital sign for me because it's so common. It's such a big deal. And, you know, I, I just saw this guy the other day who had all this severe lymphedema and inflammation in his body, and he had, he had one of the worst gluten tests I've ever seen. Yeah. And he didn't know it, and he's like fifty years old. Yeah. So anytime anybody comes in with a chronic issue that's not getting better, especially anything that's inflammatory or digestive in any way or neurologic, it's the first thing I look
1: at. Yeah, and I think the question I get a lot too is like, well, why was I okay eating gluten through you know my younger years, and why is it an issue now? And I'm like, well, even with celiac, right? That's a genetic condition. You're technically born with it, but when it develops, can really vary. So you need to have like the genetic predisposition gluten in your diet and some type of trigger yeah so an infection you know a really stressful event uh, you know yeah. toxins again yeah something has compromised your gut lining and now you're reacting to these proteins so for some people it might not even be a life sentence i mean if they have celiac or, or something similar they have to be really careful but other people sometimes if you get the gut sorted yeah. out and healed they can tolerate yeah some when of i was really proteins. sick
0: with mercury poisoning and when i was really sick and i had gut issues i couldn't eat any gluten And now, I mean, I don't eat a lot, but now it doesn't really bother me and I don't really have anybody because I fixed my gut. Right. And I I think we see a a lot of these patients who, uh, you know, may not have any symptoms for years and years, like you said, and then when they're 50, they get an autoimmune disease or they get something and you check and they have celiac, they actually have celiac or they have really severe gluten sensitivity. And I I think, you know, you say it's genetic, about 30 plus percent of the population has the gene for Mm -hmm. celiac. Only one percent get it, and I think it's all the things you're saying. It's all these insults that are from the environment, our diet, antibiotics, et cetera, that make us susceptible. Right, your genes
1: are never going to say you're going to get that disease. It's usually your environment that that needs to turn those genes on. So, yeah, it's true. And and even though you have the genetics, yeah, it doesn't mean that it's not a way to 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 diagnose for it. But it's good to know your genetics. And it's a
0: spectrum. You know, like like you look at the antibody test, and there's a normal level, right? Like there's. Uh, you know, zero to 20 or whatever on the antibody tests on your blood level. Uh, but when you think about it, there is no normal level of antibodies to gluten in your blood, right? And you talked to Dr. Alessio Fasano, who's been on the podcast, who's the world's expert in right. gluten at Harvard and brilliant guy. And he said, you know, look, if you have any antibodies, it means three things. One, you've been eating wheat or gluten. Two, you have a leaky gut. And three, your immune system doesn't like it, right? right? So if the level is five... It's not as bad as 20, but it's not as good as zero.
1: Right. And you don't want to go to 20, right? right? So, so why don't you Right. So a lot of out. people
0: say, oh, my tests are fine. But they may, it's a spectrum. It's a continuum. It's not on or off. Right. And it's always worth doing an elimination diet because the cost is low, the benefit's high. There's really no downside to getting off it for six weeks, let's say, or even two weeks and yeah. seeing what you'd feel like. And if your symptoms get better and then you eat it again and you feel worse, there's your answer.
1: Right, right. Um, I think it's a little tricky, too, though, with gluten, because typically with elimination diet, um, you know, use two to three weeks off of that food. You should feel better. We've had a lot of people where it's up to three months. Three months. Right. Yes, Before months. I saw it clinically for a while. And now that we're testing for it more, you see these antibodies to gluten stay around for a long time yeah. after someone's yeah. been off of it. Right. You're no longer getting exposure. Those antibodies should come down. The inflammation should come down. So that's something to keep in mind for listeners because I've had a lot of people say, you know, I went gluten-free for three weeks and I didn't feel all that much different. And then I'm like, I, I think you got to give it longer. It's around that three-month mm-hmm. mark that a lot of people like, you know, my joints finally started feeling yeah. better around that point. So so that's something to keep in mind.
0: Um, I a patient when she was off for 10 weeks before she started to feel better with psoriatic arthritis. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? right, yeah. And, you know, usually it's a combination of a few other things that need to be sorted out, but you, know, you really want to give yourself a good time period. So if you've never done up to three months you should. And, you know, it sneaks in in a lot of places, which we'll talk about. But, you know, most folks who are fairly sensitive have to be 100 plus percent off yeah, of it yeah. or they will still be reacting. And,
0: and, and it's 150 percent. I yeah. mean, if people have a Dr. Fasano said to me once is if you have a thumb full, a thumbnail full of gluten in three months, you're back to zero. Yeah. Like is, you can't even cheat a little bit if you want to do it because your body then creates an immune response. Right. And I, I remember a patient who had rheumatoid arthritis and she was very, you know, good but you know she was trying all the functional medicine stuff she would get a little bit better she was wasn't it wasn't cutting it and i said look you think you're gluten-free uh and i went through a diet and it was she was getting some and maybe she had some of soy milk with barley malt and this and that so i said why don't we put you on just a 10-day ultra clear plus shake which is what we we're using back then mm-hmm. which is basically a rice protein low allergenic just no other food just this shake for 10 days see what happens everything went away yeah and i was like wow you know and i think i saw her like Three months later, six months later, and she had completely changed. She lost 40 pounds her arthritis was gone. She felt great. Right, And I I think, you know, one of the things I just want to emphasize is that whatever condition you have, um, almost anything really in medicine, it should be on your list of things to think about. Right, right. Because when you look, for example, the New England Journal of Medicine had an article years ago, which listed over 55 different diseases that were... Really caused by celiac and gluten, mm-hmm. but we're masquerading as something else: right. osteoporosis, iron deficiency, schizophrenia, right, autism, absorbing. cancers. Uh, you know, you name it. Autoimmune diseases, mm-hmm. migraines. I mean, just disease after disease. And and if you really look at that list, and that's just I think a short list compared to things I've seen over the last thirty years. You're you're gonna think that pretty much anybody who has a serious chronic illness or has chronic symptoms or it's just not feeling great, should check for it and also should try an elimination diet.
1: Right, right. And this is where two testing can be helpful because there's some people that think they're 100% off of it. You know, I've had several folks come in already knowing they have celiac or very sensitive and they're off of gluten. We still test them. And the antibodies that we're looking for, this is through the Cyrex-3 panel that we do. Um, There's about 32 different immune markers that they're looking at at various parts of the gluten protein and wheat uh, and other proteins within wheat. But so it's a very sensitive test. And these antibodies shouldn't be in your system if you have not been eating gluten and they come back positive. And that's like, okay, you're getting some hidden sources. When you eat out, are you, you know, doing all the precautions you need to do? Have you checked your body care products? Is your house gluten-free? There's so much contamination that happens in the house of, you know, not everyone in the house is gluten-free and they're sharing sure. space and food. So yeah. this is where you have, the testing can be really helpful to kind of dig in. And again, traces can make a difference, even if you don't have celiac uh, for someone that's really sensitive. So tell us about
0: like some of the common things we see. One of the cases you have is a thyroid Yeah, issue. so
1: I wanted to kind of focus on autoimmunity because that's a lot. Anytime I see someone with an autoimmune condition, if they're not gluten-free, I'm like, that's, you got to start there just to make sure that's not triggering it. Because again, even if you don't have celiac- I want to emphasize
0: what you said anybody who has an autoimmune disease, gluten should be on your list Absolutely. of what to check and what to eliminate. It is easy to do and you can have profound results.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because even if you don't have the celiac, what we so often find is that when you take gluten out, these other like antibodies to the thyroid, other conditions of autoimmune conditions, they get better. The numbers start getting better. So we've seen that clinically and now we're, you know we test for it so much more. So even though I'm celiac, we do find it can trigger a lot of other autoimmune-like conditions. So that's, I was kind of wanting to focus on two cases uh, around autoimmunity. The first one is a 38-year-old woman with Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune condition you can get with your thyroid. Very common and um, a lot of reasons to have it. But um, she was interesting. She was um, a really intense triathlete, so very competitive, uh, high exercise person. Um, she came with severe fatigue just in for nutrition because I think she, you know, want to focus on nutrition um, and weight loss, which is not typically what you see with low thyroid function. Um, but her thyroid antibodies were extremely high, some of the highest I've ever seen. Um, and she also had a liver enzyme that was elevated too. So I was, you know, wondering if there maybe was a toxicity component to that. Um, and I do think she was a bit malnourished given the high level of um, exercise that she does. Her some of her nutrition labs are like, even her cholesterol was coming back low, which could indicate that she wasn't getting all the nutrition or maybe not absorbing all the nutrition she needs. Um, so I, you know, like I always do with autoimmune, I'm like, let's, let's take all the gluten out. Um, she kind of did her own research and went full on paleo, which uh, takes out all the grains and all the legumes, which yeah. sometimes really can make a difference for folks that are gluten sensitive. Um, and I really focused again, getting enough good fats and protein, good quality carbohydrates in her diet. Um, with the exercise piece, you know, I was think there could be an adrenal component to that, and your adrenals are very closely linked to your thyroid. So she, you know, worked on some other lifestyle things and did some yoga and restorative yeah. stuff that I think was but, but, important. But
0: she, but, you know, when you see Hashimoto's, which is very common, mm-hmm. right? One in five women have both thyroid, a lot of that is autoimmune thyroid conditions, probably the most common autoimmune disease in the country. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's not all related to gluten, but probably I would say a third Of my patients who have Hashimoto's, when I check their gluten antibodies, are elevated. Right, it's a piece
1: of the puzzle, right? When they get off
0: gluten, they get better.
1: Right, exactly. It's so often a piece of the puzzle. It's usually not the only thing, but it's definitely a big component for a lot of folks. And you know, again, being a high-level triathlete, your 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 digestive system takes a hit hit, to that. You know, and I think she got a little bit of leaky gut where before Mm. the gluten may not have been an issue. Um, And she'd also had a daughter uh, soon before, and you know, sometimes just the process of going through a pregnancy can switch uh, what goes on with the immune system as and well. And on her
0: blood test, she found elevated... Yeah, so I
1: had stuff. her, you know, she didn't do any specialty testing with us. Um, I just had her, she had a good uh, local doctor who did more integrative stuff. And I said, have them do a celiac panel and not just check tissue transglutaminase, which is what the kind of the gold standard, so to say, right, for blood work is for celiac. You can check for antibodies to glide in, which is part of the gluten protein, you could check for uh, deamidated gliadin. So I wrote out what to ask her doctor for, and they ran it. Um, and she did not have the tissue transglutaminase, which right mostly is what they're going to look for yeah. for celiac. But she did have anti glidin antibodies, and I was like, you should not have those, you yes. know. So you may not have celiac, but you could yes. have something similar.
0: So yeah, so that's a good point because a lot of doctors will check uh, the basic test and they say right. you're fine, and they only check like one antibody called TTG, right? But they don't check the anti antibodies, which are less specific but actually more sensitive so they'll mm-hmm. they'll show up often when the other one doesn't right right and they do indicate a, a level of of leaky gut a level of wound sensitivity and they they are is definitely contributing to all sorts of issues for people
1: right and and we did some other nutritional stuff she was low in iodine and we did some you know, sea vegetables yeah. and things which is important for thyroid so again there's there's other things that are going on um But that, you know, when I had a two-year follow-up with her, obviously we had a few follow-ups in between, but she said her digestion was great. Her energy was great. Um, Her thyroid antibodies, you know, what I think we hear in conventional medicine is like, you got autoimmunity, you have it. You know, why check antibodies? It doesn't go away. So her thyroid peroxidase, which is one of the ones they check, came down to lessen zero whatever the normal is and her uh, thyroglobulin antibody which is the other one is slightly elevated but came down significantly so that's
0: remarkable so you, you had, she had one of the highest levels of autoimmune antibodies you'd ever seen and after getting her gut sorted and getting the gluten out of her diet and optimizing her nutritional status
1: doing stress reduction
0: she yeah. actually had the, a complete normalization of yeah. one of them and almost normal the other one, right. which, quote, doesn't happen in right. traditional medicine.
1: And she's on armor. She's on some thyroid support. She does feel better with it. And I think there's, you know, often a need for it. But, you know, she pretty much reversed her autoimmunity by going paleo. That's amazing. So it, that was pretty remarkable. It's nice to see when things, you know, kind of quickly turn, yeah. around, turn around for and some what about votes. this other case you had? So this other one was a bit more complicated. <laughs> she's a, a young woman, 27 years old, but she has mixed connective tissue disease, which you know, it's kind of a combination of, you know, similar to lupus or scleroderma, it's kind of a, a, a mix of where autoimmunity can affect many different tissues. Yeah, so it's a bad autoimmunity. It is a bad It affects
0: one. like all the tissues and organs and skin and liver and kidneys and right, right. muscles. And, and then that. she
1: came in with all those symptoms, you know, a ton of joint pain, She had a lot of digestive stuff, which she said she kind of always had her whole life, fatigue, she was depressed. She had weight gain, um, probably because she was so inflamed, um, she wanted to lose about 20 pounds or so. And her symptoms did start in her teens with some, you know, exercise stuff. And then by the time she came to see us, again, only just in her twenties, she was getting arthritis in her in her hands. Um, so she was on autoimmune suppressant medications. She was on Celsep, but she had been on a lot of things over the years. A um, meprazol for her reflux because she had a lot of the digestion issues. She was on a low gluten diet. Yeah, yeah. You that know? doesn't and count. That's what I always talk to me. What is it's like low? being a little bit pregnant? <laughs> what is low gluten? Um, I was like, you have all these conditions you, you have to take gluten out. And she had done testing. Um, I think some specialty tests that did show she was reactive to gluten and soy before. And that's why she was low. Um, but I I told her, you know, you gotta be a hundred percent. And she said, you know, I do feel like my headaches are worse and my stomach's worse when I have gluten. So, um, so we got our strict gluten free You know, I kind of low grain, I try to get it low allergen overall. Um, uh, told her to come off the coffee, no alcohol, anything else that could be inflammatory to her gut. And you
0: also did this test, which uh, was not the normal test. So, right. so you mentioned a little bit earlier. So when you go to the traditional doctor, they'll do a celiac panel, they'll do the TTG, they'll do sometimes gliding antibodies. But we at the Ultra Wellness Center do a different test from the lab called Cyrex, which right. looks at not just a few proteins in the wheat, but all sorts of different like. Right, Dozens of the different-
1: gliadins, glutenins are different parts of the gluten protein. So they're breaking them down to these smaller units so you can really get a closer, you know, look at what the immune system's reacting to. And there's a section there of transglutaminase. So it's not the same thing as tissue transglutaminase. You can't diagnose celiac with it. But what Cyrex says is that folks that have these other transglutaminase reactions are more likely to have an autoimmune condition related to gluten. Hmm. So this is where it's like, okay, it may not be celiac, but you probably have something very similar. So out of 32 markers, 30 of them came back positive on a low-gluten diet. I mean, she wasn't eating a standard American diet at all. Um, She did have a celiac panel. Um, Her tissue transglutaminase, again, that gold standard, was borderline high, which it should not really be showing anything. Um, And her deaminated gliadin was high. She did have the genetics. She had It's called HLA-DQ2 and DQ8. The DQ2 is positive, which brings your risk up uh, pretty high for, for celiac. Um, we also did a Cyrex-4, which is known as kind of their autoimmune profile as well. So they're looking at dairy. Dairy we know is big allergen in and of itself, but a lot of people that react to gluten seem to react yeah, to dairy. Yeah. And they've, you know, with paleo, a lot of folks take out all grains and sometimes that is helpful. According to Cyrex research, oats, and oats have been identified a long time ago, even when they're gluten-free, when they're not contaminated yeah, with gluten, yeah. there is a protein in there very close in structure to gluten, so yeah. many people do react to it. I see that
0: a lot. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I run the gluten-free oats, and I'm like, nope.
1: Yeah. Usually, <laughs> if, you, you if you are still
0: having any symptoms, then you should just get rid of all. The yeah. Rice. So I gluten tend to throw oats
1: in in the gluten category, and then they also sus- suspect rice, which I've always thought of as a low allergen grain. But we do have a lot of folks that seem reactive to rice, corn, and millet. So those are the ones I kind of focus on. um yeah. They also check corn, soy, some of these other common allergens. Yeah. And so,
0: so what happens is, you know, the way I think about it is gluten is sort of the gatekeeper, right? When you eat gluten and you become sensitive to it. It opens up the, mm-hmm. the channels in the gut, creating what we call a leaky gut. And then other foods get in and you get these cross reactions. So you get other grains, you get dairy, right. you get soy. But it's really the gluten that's sort of started the whole thing. Right. And if you fix the gluten and you heal the gut and you get rid of all those other foods for a short time, maybe three months, six months, maybe a year, you can heal the leaky gut and then become able to tolerate a much wider diet. Absolutely.
1: So I think that's a fear of so many people when they start reacting to so many things. I'm like, you know, a lot of these foods are not at fault. You know, there's something else compromising your gut. Maybe gluten. the innocent bystander. What's that? Like
0: the innocent bystander. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, once that gut gets healthy, you know, your immune system's not going to be seeing it and reacting as much. And she, because she was on these immunosuppressants, we did a, a different type of leaky gut test, um, called the mannitol lactulose test, um, which basically looks what's what's leaking through the, the gut. And she did come back with increased permeability between the, digest- the cells that line the digestive tract. So, you know, this is, the gut is where you need to focus for autoimmunity because yeah. so much of the immune system lines that. So if that's not healthy and it's leaky, that's probably what's triggering autoimmunity for folks.
0: Well, what's really important what you did with her was not just get rid of the gluten or the food reactions. And and I see this as a common mistake, even by traditional doctors with patients who have celiac. And I have a whole group of patients in my practice who have been diagnosed by their traditional doctor with celiac, but they're still sick. Mm -hmm. And and what is happening with these patients is that there may be other cross-reactive foods like we talked about, Mm -hmm. like dairy, or other grains, but their gut is leaky and needs to be healed. healed. So once you take out the damaging force, it can heal a little bit. But that's where functional medicine comes in. That's where we do it with the ultra wellness comes in. We, we look at the whole gut. We look at the microbiome. We do test, testing to figure it out. And then we put people on a whole repair program. Right. And I, I, this is so essential for people with the celiac. 5R. Yeah, the 5R program from functional medicine. Uh, and I, I just think it's, it's such an important you know, philosophy of restoring the gut by taking Absolutely. out all the bad stuff, clearing out the bad bugs, putting in pre and probiotics, putting in the nutrients that help heal the gut and and giving all the things that are needed to actually totally fix the problem.
1: Right, and that's what we did. The doctor who she was working with here did the 5R program. So you remove what is causing the damage, in her case, um, the gluten. But she had a lot of dysbiosis and imbalances of the gut microbiome. Based off a breath test, she had some overgrowth of bacteria So the doctor treated her with a herbal protocol. We replaced her digestive enzymes because you make enzymes in your gut, you know, and when that becomes leaky, you need some support there and help you break down your food while you're while until you're able to do it yourself. Um, And then you re-inoculate by bringing good bacteria. And and the food has a big part to do that because a lot of our fibers and and vegetables are going to feed the gut microbiome and you repair. And that's what we do a lot. Like, again, with certain herbs that heal the mucosal layer of the gut and glutamine, which nourishes the gut you know, that type of protein. We gave her some zinc. So all of that was really important because I think if we just took out the gluten, yeah, yeah. and some of these other foods, I mean, she was malnourished and she needed supplemental support and yeah. and she needed support with her diet. And that was, we focused on getting more good fats and protein. She said she was like always hungry. And after she added these in, she's like, I feel satiated and I've lost 15 pounds. Yeah. Like I'm not hungry because my blood sugars are steady yeah. and my insulin's down. You know, she was getting it um and uh and she had lost weight around her belly yeah
0: i mean it's amazing maggie what we see with autoimmunity here and gluten i mean when you have these patients who that's the issue it's a miracle yeah you know people get misdiagnosed with all sorts of problems oh you have rheumatoid arthritis i mean i i just talked to one of my patients yesterday who was struggling and and she had rheumatoid arthritis been diagnosed with that or not she had lyme disease not Mm -hmm. rheumatoid arthritis Right. right or another patient had you know, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, but it was gluten. So yeah. we always joke in functional medicine, say just because you know the name of the disease doesn't mean you know what's wrong with you, right? right just because right. you have a label, doesn't tell you why. And and gluten is one of those things, and celiac is one of those things that can cause dozens and dozens and dozens of different diseases and symptoms that we think may be something else, right? right. When you see someone with schizophrenia, you don't go, oh, that's a gluten problem, but right. probably for about 20%, it might be.
1: Gluteomorphins.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which are
1: measured in the Cyrex-3. So those are, are compounds that get produced when when folks aren't digesting gluten properly. And they're basically like an opioid, right, mm. where they impact cognition. Yeah. So whenever we see a mood disorder, you know, very common in, in kids and on the spectrum and things, we take out gluten and we take out dairy because casein, you know, the protein in dairy can do that too. Mm. And there's research on this, mm. you know, that these xenomorphins, they, they cause effects on in the brain. Yeah. So this is why there's, there's so many different mechanisms that we're starting to understand of how people can react and present in with so many different symptoms. Yeah. Um, okay. Rheumatoid arthritis joints is a huge yeah, one. Huge. One of my first patients here, the gentleman, 55 years old, I'll never forget because he was one of my first ones, um, on his intake packet, he said he had celiac. I think we may have seen him together. And I was like, you have celiac? He like, no, no, I had it. I'm like, well, you're born with it. You, you, ha- you still have it. He had such bad rheumatoid arthritis, his joints were deformed. And he's like, This is celiac. And because he had no digestive issues, you know, no one ever asked him what he was eating. Oh yeah, uh-huh. I had it when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know, it- so I don't know what the thinking was back then. And his digestion got better, but yeah. it went and attacked, you know, he had issues elsewhere. Yeah. So that's yeah, you gotta think outside the the box.
0: Well, this is great, Maggie. You know, gluten is such a big topic. It's it's sort of the topic of comedy shows, and, mm-hmm. you know, people like, well, I'm going free. I don't know why. It seems like everybody's doing it. So it must be good. You know, yeah, it's like, but I, I I think uh, there, there is a reality to this. And as functional medicine doctors and nutritionists, we really see this every day. And it's one of the most uh, powerful things we can do is to identify these problems, to treat people, to clean up their gut, to clean up their diet, and to help resolve a whole myriad of symptoms. So right. if you're listening to this podcast and you suffering from any kind of mysterious thing that no one can figure out. One, functional medicine might be your ticket to figure it out. And two, gluten might just be one of those things. And it's really why I've created, wrote my book, The 10-Day Detox Diet, which is really a sugar elimination, but also eliminates gluten. That's why I've created the 10-Day Reset, which you can go to getpharmacy.com and learn more about it which is essentially a 10-day elimination diet. You can do it longer, obviously, but it's it's really powerful to just get an immediate hit of, if you take out all the crap and put in the good stuff, what ha- happens to your body? Right. So I encourage anybody who's suffering from anything that is just not explained or not easily fixed, whether it's runny nose or headaches or eczema or psoriasis or joint pain or brain fog or whatever, digestive syndrome, stuff that we think we have to live with. I call it FLC syndromes when you feel like crap. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you, you, you can often trace it back to what you're eating and and gluten right. is one of those big factors. And right. it's not a joke. It's real. It's not a fad. And I think you have to know what you're doing in order to properly treat this. It's not just a matter of getting a regular test, seeing it's fine or abnormal right. and then treating it. You really need to go through the whole process that we do in functional medicine. And that's really what we're here for at the Ultra Wellness Center in Lenox, Massachusetts. Uh, we have a great team of physicians and nutritionists to work with our patients remotely now over mm-hmm. Zoom or virtual telemedicine. We'd love to help you if you're suffering. So feel free to look us up at ultrawellnesscenter.com. And uh, if you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and family on social media. Tell us your experience with the gluten, either eating it or getting off it and what it's done for you uh, we, and uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you next time on The Doctor's Pharmacy. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Hyman. Thanks for tuning into The Doctor's Pharmacy. I hope you're loving this podcast. It's one of my favorite things to do and introducing you all the experts that I know and I love and that I've learned so much from. And I want to tell you about something else I'm doing, which is called Mark's Picks. It's my weekly newsletter and in it I share my favorite stuff from foods to supplements to gadgets to tools to enhance your health. It's all the cool stuff that I use and that my team uses to optimize and enhance our health. And I'd love you to sign up for the weekly newsletter. I'll only send it to you once a week on Fridays. Nothing else, I promise. And all you have to do is go to drhymen.com forward slash picks to sign up. That's drhymen.com forward slash picks, P-I-C-K-S and sign up for the newsletter and I'll share with you my favorite stuff that I use to enhance my health and get healthier and better and live younger Longer. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner.